At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Vison. Hit me up on Twitter at Holden Radio. If you get a chance, leave me a five-star review, a nice little note. Take 45 seconds out of your day to do it. It would mean a lot to me. We got a big show set up once again. What are the Broncos doing now that Tim Patrick is down? We'll also look at the line movement for that Monday night football game week one between the Broncos and the Seahawks. Uh, what the hell are the Rockies doing? Again, just big question mark there. I got to talk about Vince Scully, too, a man that uh, I looked up to just so much. Had a chance to meet him on a couple of occasions. And uh, Ian St. Clair, our buddy, play Colorado, playcolorado.com. I want to get his thoughts on the Tim Patrick situation, too. Uh, plus, uh, I told you yesterday, or I didn't, I told him yesterday, the line came out a little bit later. Um, Mets minus what? 360 I think yesterday the Nationals closed at plus 295 for me on bet rivers I hit it we want it love it love betting a number you give me almost three to one on a baseball team on a 162 game season psh, bring it on second time it's happened now it was just a couple weeks ago half the Royals team was gone when they went to Toronto because the vaccination situation minus 400 for the Blue Jays they lost all right let's get into um some odds here on Bet Rivers where we talk about Tim Patrick. Line movement hasn't really been there because of the injury. I don't think that you're going to see much line movement. It's a wide receiver. Uh, if anything, um, we've only seen this line continue to move. It opened at four. If you'll remember, the initial drop was four quickly to four and a half. And right now on Bet Rivers, it's the Broncos minus five at minus 109 juice. 
Uh, Seahawks, you want to back the home team, getting five points, minus 112. Reports out of Seattle, no surprise. Uh, Drew Locke and Geno Smith are both struggling mightily. Uh, at what point do I start thinking maybe to back the Seahawks? If this thing gets to six, boy, I just, I mean, there would be a ton of money that would have to come in for me to back the Seahawks. I'm starting to get a little uncomfortable now. You know, four points I can see on the road, five points now. Oof. We'll discuss that a lot more as the season gets closer. Uh, as far as the total goes, it opened at 41 and a half. It's staying at 41 and a half. There's some 42 and a halfs if you want to bet the under there. Uh, but 41 and a half looking pretty here. And then minus 190 is where the money line opened. And now we're seeing it at minus 210. So again, a lot coming in on the Broncos and the total just staying the same. Now let's get into the Broncos here because Tim Patrick, torn ACL, it, it was bad. He, he leaped to get a long pass from Russell Wilson. Once he made the cut following hitting the ground, boom, he dropped. And that was the end of it. Uh, he is, he's been the most durable receiver, too, the last two years. He's played in 31 to 33 games. He led the team in TD receptions with 11. I mean, he caught 11 touchdowns over the last two years from Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. The guy was important. And he was one of my favorite fantasy football picks, too, because I think he was just a monster part of this offense. Third in the team in receptions last year with 53. Led the team in touchdown catches with five. But here we go again. You know, a couple of years ago, Cortland Sutton, ACL week two. KJ Hamler last year, torn ACL, hip injury, week three. This year it happens in the preseason. So last year there were five wide receivers on the 53-man. We'll see what happens now. You've got a spot open behind Cortland Sutton, right? Judy, Hamler, and my guy, Montreal Washington. I love this kid, but boy, how are you going to replace a dude that's standing almost, what, 6'4", 210 pounds, 212 pounds? They just don't have that. Not, not a lot of teams have it. You got the big man in Sutton. Jerry Judy has to show up now. Like, this is not, oh, we hope Jerry Judy shows up or it'd be really nice. What a luxury it would be. Now it's, you need a second wide receiver, and Jerry Judy has to be that guy. Or this passing game could really struggle. Uh, I'm a little concerned now, to be perfectly honest with you. K.J. Hamler? Little guy, Montreal Washington, little guy. They don't have that second big guy behind Cortland Sutton. Um, so let's look at the cap space here. About $9.4 million in cap space. That's not a ton. The free agent class, let's see here. We've got T.Y. Hilton, Will Fuller. I love Will Fuller. Dude can't stay healthy. But you want a guy that could just run a go route and score a touchdown? I mean, he might be a good fit for this offense too. Just run, dude. Problem is, he can't stay on the field. He's never on the field. D.D. Westbrook, time has passed him by. T.Y. Hilton, same thing. Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, he's not coming back till at least midseason. And I can't imagine he's going to be where he needs to be to be extremely effective. Multiple surgeries now. So you add into the fact that the Broncos don't have a first-round pick or a second-round pick next year. Could be a little tough. So you've also got Tyree Cleveland, Seth Williams, Travis Fulgham, who a couple of years ago had a few nice games with the Eagles. I'm not expecting much out of there, out, out of him. A uh, kid by the name of, or a guy by the name of Brandon Johnson. Do they go two tight end set? That's the next thing. Is, is there a two tight end set here? Alberto, yeah. But who else is going to catch passes? Saubert? Beck? Dulcich? Again, I love this kid. 
but we're talking about a rookie tight end and historically rookie tight ends do not produce and he's missing time here in camp because he's injured. So I think you take that out of the equation hundred percent. So now my question is how much do I adjust the expectations and I'm not going to adjust them yet. I'm not going to overreact to this. I'm not, Oh, make sure you hammer, you know, the Seahawks plus five Jerry, you know, Jerry Judy can't do this. Uh, Tim Patrick was the key to the offense. No, we're not going there. But if we don't see Jerry Judy step up here in camp, it's before week one, and we don't see K.J. Hamler impress, if he doesn't look like he looked like before the injury, then we've got some problems here. I might be off rending over 10 wins. Because right now, I have them, just my projection, 10.55 wins, which got me to bet the over 10. Because at the worst, you know, we're hitting 10. At best, we're 11 plus. But... If Judy does not step up and you're already without Patrick, there's no way in hell that I can uh, recommend an over 10 there. I can't do it because I drop it probably down to 10 because we're not talking about just losing Tim Patrick. We're talking about Jerry Judy not stepping up. No huge concern yet, but this is a blow to the offense. This is definitely a blow to the offense. It's something we talked about. You know, if one of these three guys go down, they could be in a little bit of trouble. They could still run the football, though. And like I've said, you keep Russell Wilson throwing in the low 30s, 30, 31, 32 uh, pass attempts every single week, run the football, play great defense, you're going to win. You're going to win. They're going to need to run a little bit more, and the defense just continues to be elite, and they'll be exactly where we need them to be. That was number one on the front range four. Four biggest sports stories on the front range. The next question is this. How much, how much tennis are we betting this week? <laughs> For me, I'm betting a lot. You know, my guys over at Rumpier Bets, just we got a couple of huge tennis guys over there, and I tail them. And guess what? I've been hitting tennis on Bet Rivers. For the last couple of days, Bet Rivers online sportsbook serving up big wins with our new weekly profit boost on all tennis wagers. Visit BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers sportsbook app every Wednesday today. Receive a 20% profit boost on any tennis wager. That's right. Every Wednesday, log in, automatically receive a 20% profit boost. And now you can even live stream your favorite tennis players right from the Bet Rivers app. So not only are we betting on it, we're watching tennis. Heat up your summer with the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app. It's a whole new game. Got to be 21, located in Colorado. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1 800 522 4700. All right, so the Tim Patrick story was kind of a sad one. The Rockies are kind of a sad one. So let's get to something fun, right? Something a lot less depressing. People are depressed because Vince Scully is dead. I am celebrating this man's life. I mean, he lived a long time. He was one of the happiest people. And you're saying, oh, man, what do you mean? This is, this is a horrible story. No, it's not. <clears throat> no, it's not. Vince Scully was born in 1927, okay? Vin Scully lived a long, long time, 94 years, and he got a chance to broadcast baseball games into his late 80s. <clears throat> this was a man that saw Jackie Robinson play. This is a man that broadcast games before games were even on television. This is a man that called over 4% of all Major League Baseball games in the history of baseball. Think about that. 
4% of all games broadcast, radio, TV, radio and TV, those that occurred before television was even invented. 4% from Vince Scully. Absolutely amazing. Uh, to go in kind of chronological order here, and everybody loves Vince Scully. I mean, he's bigger than any other baseball figure. You know, in today's game, bigger than Otani, bigger than Mike Trout, bigger than Aaron Judge, bigger than Charlie Blackman. He was baseball. This baseball is all about history, and Vince Scully was history. I mean, he he owned history, right? It was absolutely amazing what we saw out of this man. He's just the best. I miss him so. I I just missed him calling games so much over these years. And toward the end of his time with the Dodgers, of course, you know, the stories became the same and he was reading out of the press guy, the uh, media guides and stuff like that. But he'd still just throw in a great story or two, like maybe the one you've seen where he is uh, talking about Madison Bumgarner killing a snake and then inside the snake were little baby rabbits and they save the baby rabbits. It's the way he tells a story. I just can't do, I personally cannot do it as well as him. Nobody can. He's the best ever, ever. 4% of games called by him. So I think my number one thought on him is my interactions with him. Hi, Vin. You know, I'd see him up in the press box. I'd be covering baseball for MLB Network Radio or any of the teams I've covered, whether it be the Mariners or, you know, here looking at the Rockies. All over. Washington, Boston. I've, I've covered a lot of teams. And every time he was very cordial, very, hi, Holden, how are you? Remembered my name. Last time I got a chance to talk to him, probably about five, six years ago, Ned Coletti, the longtime GM of the Dodgers, was a guy I got a chance to do some shows with on an app called TuneIn. And uh, Vin came on and just talked about the history of the Dodgers. And you hear the story about Jackie Robinson and, and the whole thought process there and his first game that he ever called and the fact that Red Barber, most of you probably haven't heard of him. He's the guy, he's the guy that was the guy before Vin Scully. Like Red Barber, something in the catbird seat. I mean, Red Barber is the, considered the greatest broadcaster of all time before Vin Scully came around. And Red Barber taught him this. And Vin Scully was calling, you know, games with uh, Brooklyn Dodgers. And he moves to Los Angeles and he knows everybody. And every single town that he would go to, because in the end, he was not broadcasting road games. He was just broadcasting at home. But, you know, every town when he was on the road, star players would come up to him, talk with him. He was just amazing. For me, I don't remember him doing the football stuff as much. I look back on it now and I see the highlights. You know, he called the, you know, the Clark, the Montana to Clark play. He called a man that was on fire in the stands with a blanket wrapped around him. I'm not even kidding. It's at Holden Radio. I put it up there. These weren't the only sports that he called. But for me, he was the one that introduced me to baseball on television. I didn't listen a lot on radio growing up. But it was MLB on NBC. It was him and a guy by the name of Joe Garigiola. Probably around 84, maybe nine years old. 84 is when it really hit me. 85, 86. Called the 86 World Series. There's the Buckner play. And there's the ball between his legs behind the bag. And then here comes Knight and the Mets win it. And then he'd let the, the crowd tell the story and the pictures tell the story on TV. And he'd do the same thing on radio. He'd let the crowd tell the story. He'd let it breathe. That's the biggest thing I learned. 
as a broadcaster, let the crowd tell the story. Because I, I came up as a baseball play-by-play -play guy. Ultimately, uh, did not want to do that. 162 is just a grind, man. Ugh. Much rather do sports talk. Do this show from my house. <laughs> than have to go on the road, buses in Des Moines, Iowa to Omaha. It, it was tough, man. It was tough stuff. But this guy did it. The best that ever did it. MLB on NBC. He did the Eckersley to Kirk Gibson. He was the Dodgers broadcaster and, and called that one. Ah, <sighs> gonna miss that guy. He was the best. Vin Scully, RIP. Again, not a day to be sad. Not for me, at least. I mean, maybe for you it is, but 1950 to 2016, the dude was, he called golf on CBS too. Come on, he did World Series on radio. He did everything. Everything he ever needed to do, he did, and he did it better than anybody else ever in the history of the world. Goodbye, Vin Scully. Absolutely amazing, amazing individual. All right, let's uh, go on to number three on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Let's talk about the Rockies. So there's 30 teams in Major League Baseball. One team did not make a trade yesterday. And that was the Colorado Rockies. I mean, listen, I could understand if the Rockies were the best team in baseball and they had the greatest team ever. And there's just no comparison. They're so much better than everyone else. They didn't need to make a trade, but they're one of the worst teams in baseball. They are in last place in their division again, and they had a chance to make themselves better. And they thought doing nothing would be better. Are you, I mean, the, the, the words that want to come out of my mouth are all expletives, so I won't do that. But they had a pizza party. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. They had a pizza party after the trade deadline. The front office did. Asked about the Rockies being the only team not to make a dead, uh, deadline deal. GM Bill Schmidt. We're also the only club to sign a player to an extension at the deadline. 29 other clubs didn't sign anybody to an extension. All right, first of all, the guy you signed to an extension is a 37-year-old reliever. Uh, second of all, the Braves just extended Austin Riley and the Padres in your own division just extended Joe Musgrove. Okay, so false. You are not the only club to sign a player to an extension at the deadline. A, a team in your division that's better than you did that. And the Braves did it too. I mean, I've been saying this since the offseason. Why the hell is Herman Marquez on this team? By the time you're, I, I don't think they're going to be good, but let's just say by the time they got lucky enough to be a decent team, Marquez, it's, it's going to be three years at the least. Like what purpose is he here for? They could have gotten like legitimate young players for Marquez at the beginning of the season. They probably could have gotten less, but probably someone that could have started for them going forward. Maybe a young starting pitcher, maybe a younger position player that might not be an all-star, but is an everyday player. So they got nothing for him. They got nothing for Chad Cool. Chad Cool could have been a back end of the rotation starter somewhere. You could have gotten something for the guy. Jose, what the hell is Jose Iglesias doing? Why? Why isn't our boy up? Why? 
Why is Iglesias still here? You're telling me nobody wanted a shortstop that can play defense like that guy? You want to keep C.J. Crone? Fine. I get it. But what an absolute Travisham mockery disaster that the Rockies organization is. Everybody knows it, except for them. I mean, God, what is the plan here? By the way, this Chris Bryant thing is working out really well. He's on the IL for the third. It's, it's three straight times now, right? Three, three, three times this year he's been on the IL already. He's played 42 of 105 games. Oh, nice work on that doubleheader sweep yesterday, too. You know what? Rockies are making me sick. Thank God football's around the corner. It's absolutely disgusting what that organization is. But thank you, Mr. Monfort, for building such a beautiful stadium. At least we can go there and enjoy that. But the game themselves, brutal team. Brutal. Average at home, at least. It's almost impossible to watch them on the road. My God. All right, number four in the front range four, Ian St. Clair. That's next on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Here we go. Number four on the front range. Four, four biggest stories in the front range. Our buddy Ian St. Clair. Wonderful to finally get to meet you in person. We've been talking for about a year now on the internets. And then, you know, you meet a person. You did not look like I thought you would. Uh, actually your face looks the same as you told me. Everybody thinks, Whoa, you're a lot bigger than we thought you were. You're gigantic. You're a very tall individual, six foot three, uh, an imposing figure, but wonderful to get to meet you finally in person, Mr. St. Clair. Absolutely. It was great to meet you. Um, did I, was I shorter than you expected? Uh, average size or taller? I I'd say it was about what I expected. Okay. Just your average five foot nine guy. Just there, your average dude. So you and I discussed, well, first of all, you and I talked about betting the Washington Nationals tomorrow, out of, uh, yesterday out of principle. Yep. And it worked out. The Nationals actually won that bet at plus 295. So and there I was were happy some, betting out of principle. Some books it was raised up like over 300. So it, <sighs> it was just, that, 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 that was a no brainer. Like I, I get it. People were excited about Jake DeGrom, but that is one instance where when the public is so heavy on somebody or one team, you fade it. That's just betting the number. I mean, that's that's really what that is. When you're going to shove a plus 300 in my face, I can't pass that up. I'm serious. It's just like you, you bet the number a lot of times, and that was the number to bet. And if it didn't pay off, so be it. Uh, it, it, it was going to be, it was going to be a, a minuscule loss, but it was worth it just for, as yeah. you said, the value. But you and I really had a discussion about Tim Patrick. We didn't know at the time he had a blown out ACL. We had a feeling that that was where it was trending. So let's get your thoughts on Patrick right off the top, because this has been discussed as a deep wide receiver room. <clears throat> it's going to have to get deeper. It's going to be tested and it, it, you hate to see it on the first day of pads, and this is the third receiver in the last three years to suffer a torn ACL for the Broncos. And at some point, you have to question what is going on with the training staff. Because Lauren Landau was brought on to replace and is still the current 
basically uh, strength and conditioning coach. What is he doing? This is now the third ACL tear for a receiver on the Broncos in three years. So you, you start to question, okay, I, I get people respect Lauren Landau. He's a big name. He knows what he's doing. But what is going on? I think that's one of the that, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Second, I feel for Tim Patrick because he has overcome so much to get to this point. He went undrafted, spent a year on the practice squad, earned his keep to get onto the roster through special teams. And now he's become a team leader. And I think it's because of doing everything he could to get to where he is now that he's so respected in that locker room. It's not just what he does on the field. It's what he brings to the locker room. And that's going to be missed. But also just the chance to finally have a quarterback. He was developing a rapport and chemistry with Russell Wilson. And now that's gone. He was in for a monster year. We talked about this. We both felt that Tim Patrick was the number one receiver for this Broncos offense. Cortland Sutton is probably more talented. He's probably a, a more uh, athletic receiver. But Tim Patrick is Rod Smith, where he literally does everything on the field. And he will be there every time you need a catch from your quarterback. And I, that, that's going to be missed now. And it's going to be interesting. Everyone is saying that they have the depth. You don't replace a guy like Tim Patrick, whether they go out and get and sign someone in free agency at, and, and they probably won't right away. They'll probably give guys on the roster the ability to, to step up and show out. But I don't know if there's someone on the roster to replace him. They may go out. Emmanuel Sanders is a name that has been thrown out Odell Beckham jr. But he's not going to be available until December. Is there a trade that they could potentially make? We'll see. I, I they have they have the options on the roster. As I said, I don't know if th that guy is there, and then George Payton will potentially go from there. But I just hate it. I have for a hard time, Ian. I have a hard time thinking they can go into the season with the wide receiver room they have right now. You know, you've got Sutton. That's great. You got your anchor. He's the number one. They lose him. I think they're even even more trouble than <laughs> if they would have lost uh, with losing. Not that that but, doesn't happen. Not. If, now you got to rely on Jerry Judy, who again a lot of question marks here. Can Inconsistency, he yes. Right, so that's the first thing, Jerry Judy. Second of all, so is it Kendall Hinton? I mean, is KJ Hamler going to have to step up? This team is in a bit of trouble with receiving options here. So I think the option is they have to go out and sign somebody, whether it be an Emmanuel Sanders at the very end of his career whether it be trying to figure out some way to go get Tyler Lockett, which would be remarkable for this team. <laughs> it would. This is a massive blow to this wide receiver core. I, it, and it's to the offense, too. I mean, it's not just going to impact the receiver core. It's going to impact every facet of this offense mm -hmm. because now you're taking away one of the guys that was going to be a huge contributor to this offense, and it was going to be somebody that Russell Wilson could rely on. Now that's gone. Now they're going to have to develop somebody and, and put somebody into that position who hasn't been there yet, whether it, it is Jerry Judy. I think he has the ability, but he's got to get consistent. I mean, I told you this when we met yesterday. I think it was shortly after Tim Patrick got hurt. Jerry Judy had a deep ball thrown to him that was a perfect throw, and he dropped it. 
So he's going to have to step up and start showing that he can do it and was worthy of that top 15 pick that Peyton and Elway and the Broncos used on him out of Alabama. So this, this is his moment. I, I think if anybody on the roster can, it's Jerry Judy. It's just a matter of will he. Oh, I think if Jerry Judy doesn't step up, then I have to reassess how good I think this team is going to be. Because it's Sutton, it's Judy, and then what? KJ Hammer. KJ Hammer. One every five passes thrown to him. I think I Fulgham. I, I do. On. I do think KJ Hamler will be better, and I think it's because of what we talked about yesterday with all the things that he has gone through, and to get back to where he is now, I I, I think it's just it's going to be such an inspiration to him, and it's going to be a relief to get on the field. This is his chance, and I think he he has the motivation just because of the injury, but also losing his grandma and going through everything that he did go through. I think that's going to be big for KJ Hamler and the fact that he finally has a quarterback. I, I, I just, I can't say that enough, how much that's going to help this offense, but uh, losing Tim Patrick is going to be big for this offense. And if Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson can find a replacement on the roster currently, or whether George Payton goes out and gets it through a signing or a trade, we'll see what happens. But th this is the first, it, it happens for every NFL football team. This is the first obstacle that this team is going to have to find to overcome. Yeah, and one of the things I've been saying this offseason, they can't lose one of their top two wide receivers. <laughs> and that's the first and thing that happens. Happened. Uh, Montreal, Washington is just a guy I want to see get a shot, just from a personal standpoint. Yeah. You know, a little guy, returner, um, not a lot talked about, late-round pick. I, I really hope that Russell Wilson can coach this kid up. Because, again, yeah. you're down to two – one proven wide receiver, one guy with massive amount of talent, and then a whole bunch of other dudes. And then you wonder, what can they do at tight end? We were just talking about Albert O. We like Albert O, but they don't have a second pass-catching tight end until Dulcich comes back, and he's a rookie. And he's been they, dealing with, hamstring, with a hamstring injury, and those things linger like a, a, a any analogy you want. They just stick around. They don't go away. You carry that stuff around like luggage. So I, I just – well, it, I'm curious about Montreal, Washington. That's interesting because a lot of people said that he has been a consistent shower at training camp over the first five days. So this is his opportunity too. So I'm – and maybe that can push K.J. Hamler as well to have someone who is similar to him with the speedy test the defense – now they potentially have two of them. So I, I, I'm curious to see how Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson start using him. So, and anything else Broncos-wise that's standing out to me would be this. This would be the last thing. How much do we have to adjust the expectations now? Like, was Tim Patrick worth a game to this team? I don't... I can't I don't quantify think so. this. I try because maybe the best wide receivers in the league are worth a game or a game and a half. I know that, you know, Don, that Devontae Adams moves the line about a point, point and a half. I don't know how to quantify Tim Patrick's worth as far as the record goes. Do you bump it down a little bit? I don't. I, I, because you mentioned the top end receivers. Imagine in that Super Bowl, if it's not Odell Beckham, it's Cooper Cup who gets hurt. And now Matt Stafford doesn't have Cooper Cup. They don't win that football game. Mm -hmm. Cooper Cup is too incredibly valuable 
for the Rams. That's why he won the Super Bowl MVP. So in that sense, Tim Patrick is not on Cooper Cup's level. I don't think there's a Broncos receiver who is on Cooper Cup's level. I, I, I don't know. I think Devontae Adams, the hype is going to be, I, I think there is so much hype around this Raiders team. I don't buy into it. I think they're going to fall off. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. I don't put Tim Patrick in that category. I, I, I don't think they're going to fall off a game. I do think it will impact red zone. I do think it'll probably increase Cortland Sutton's touchdowns because now who else are you going to throw to in that situation? There isn't somebody that he can trust in that, in that scenario. So I do think if you're going to do fantasy football, absolutely go after Cortland Sutton right now. And if you're looking for player props, go over Cortland Sutton's touchdowns. It's an interesting bet. Cortland Sutton touchdowns. I mean, you got to look at double digits now. And the other thing is you wonder if they just run the ball a little bit more. They I can't imagine the staff just looking at Russell Wilson and going, all right, we went out and got you. Let's just change the offense yeah. now that our number two wide receivers got. They're not going to do that. They'll no, Someone's going to have to step up. Yes. And so if, and if, just and if someone the doesn't, options. they'll go out and, and sign someone or trade for one. This is all about Jerry Judy now. Jerry Absolutely. Judy now has his opportunity again. Yep. You know, he had his opportunity rookie year last year. He hasn't had a quarterback to work with Teddy Bridgewater Drew Locke. Now he's got a quarterback. There's no excuses for Jerry Judy. I mean, if he gets injured again, what are you going to do? But if Jerry Judy doesn't step up this year, then I think we label him a bust because he is in the perfect situation for him right now. The only other guy he's got to battle for with targets is Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, this is Jerry Judy's chance to shine. This is his moment, and he's either going to rise to the occasion or he's going to sink. What do you think happens? I, I think he's going to step up, I, and I think it's mainly because of the offense that he's in and the quarterback that he has throwing him the football. I'm not as confident as you, but basically, if he doesn't, I think they're screwed. I really do. I, I, I do. This passing game just completely changes. But you can't say that Tim Patrick's worth a game or two games, whatever. He's no. the number two wide receiver in this offense. It's just that you have to have enough depth in that wide receiver room to overcome it. And uh, it's probably not going to be the last injury either. It happens to every single team, right? Absolutely. You just got to hope it's not Sutton or Judy at this point. Or then they're going to be a lot of – then we start looking at their win total going, uh-oh, you know, maybe maybe 10 wins is a little too much. Yeah, and it's going to happen on defense too. It's whether it's Bradley Chubb. I mean, he he has the injury history, mm -hmm. um, so it, there, it it's going to happen. It happens to every team. It's just a matter of how do you respond to those situations. And I think that's the that's the great thing about this coaching staff is I think it's better prepared to have players on the roster in a situation to succeed than the previous coaching staffs. Not just Vic Fangio, but Vance Joseph. So I, that's where I think the Broncos are in a, in a situation where they're not going to be as behind the eight ball as they have been. That would be good. That would be good. So last season they kept five wide receivers out there, right? Yes. I mean, this is just a big, this is a big opportunity for a lot of guys. Who are the locks? Sutton, Judy. Hamler. Hamler, Montreal, Washington, maybe. I think at this point he's getting to that point. I think receiver. I think Kendall Hinton is probably another one, uh, just because of how consistent he is. Seth Williams, Travis Fulgham. I I don't see it. I I think I think it's going to probably be Montreal Washington and and Kendall Hinton. 
All right. Well, scour the waiver wire. Uh, we'll see who's out there for him, right? I know you want OBJ, but he's not going to be back for a while. And then at least December. Yeah, it's that's going to be tough, man. That's going to be really tough. All right, let's move on from the Broncos. By the way, Mile High Report. You got anything coming up over there? That we do uh, daily camp breakdowns on what happened at camp. Uh, quotes. We have writers who cover what the great quotes that come from Nathaniel Hackett. He's, I mean, he's a great quote. He's so much better than Vic Fangio. And then, uh, obviously, what I like about it is I mentioned the coaching staff, just the change in practice, just the change in attitude, how they're focusing on 11 on 11 as opposed to seven on seven, because 11 on 11 is actual football. <laughs> so we, we constantly have camp. We have a, a daily thread on that allows fans to comment on what's going on as, as training camp unfolds. And then we have a breakdown of training camp. So it's anything and everything Broncos related. So, uh, Vin Scully, I'm going to get into Vin real quick. I've had quite a few st uh, stories about Vin Scully. Listen, I didn't realize he stepped down in 2016. It didn't feel that long. I thought he stepped down in like 2020. I thought he'd been gone for like two seasons. This was the voice of baseball for me growing up. It was the, it was major league baseball on NBC back in the eighties. Right. Yep. And uh, people, you know, people are throwing out the Joe Montana pass to Dwight Clark. I wasn't aware that Vin Scully was doing you know, football until I was older. So I was in college and my broadcasting professor was like, no, he did great. You know, he's one of the great NFL broadcasters too. He did the masters in the late seventies too. Yeah. I, the thing about Vince Scully and I, I look back at the great broadcasters, whether it was any number of people, it was just, it was simple. Like Dick Enberg. I, I, you think about how, what made them so great it was the simplicity of it. Keith Jackson, whether it was his analogy of a, oh, Nelly. Well, it's just, it's the simplicity of it. They didn't, they didn't add more than that needed to be said. They let the play speak for itself and they just added the storytelling to it. And that's what Vince Scully did. And I, I, I sent a simple tweet, an amazing man, a special life, the voice of generations. I, I mean, you think of what what he told. He was the voice of the Dodgers. He was the voice of baseball. That's incredible. And I, I think that's what gets lost now in, in broadcasting is the need for hot takes and the need to, to try to, to make something better than it is. I think that's one of the things that drives me nuts about current broadcasting is this constant need to keep people interested they didn't do that. They let the game speak for itself, whether it was a blowout or whether it was a close game. They just did what was required, and that was just be simple and speak to the fans. And that's what I will remember about Vince Scully because he did it better than anybody. He was, man. He, he was the best. He was such a nice guy, too. And the thing I'm going to miss, I think, the most, you know, I, I and really I have since he stepped down, was just the stories, the storytelling. And people that don't understand what baseball broadcasting is, I've done it. I did, I did it at the AAA level, uh, which was awfully boring. I had to get out of it. It was too much, man. Traveling on buses, it was just its like, do I want to go be a major league broadcaster or do I just want to do sports radio and make more money and not have to sit in Des Moines, Iowa for the rest of my life? So I decided to go into this, but <clears throat> he made it so simple. 
and he let the crowd tell the story at the end, of, especially on television. You can do that. Go look at any of his hits, any of the big hits. Mookie Wilson uh, with the ground ball by Buckner, Kirk Gibson. You'll yeah. notice he'll just he'll say what happened, and then the crowd will just take over. And it's yep. and, and broadcasters don't do that enough anymore. No, I agree. Just, Jack yeah. Buck, Jack Buck was like that, and I, I think in terms of current broadcasters, I think Joe Buck is probably the closest, just because of who his dad was. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that I I'd like to know how that got lost, and I, Dick Enberg, Keith Jackson, all those. Yeah. I mean, as a Broncos fan, what made those moments like the drive or the fumble. Or even the first Super Bowl win in Super Bowl 32, Dick Inberg did all of those games. And it was just the simplicity of it. He let the moment speak for itself. He didn't over-dramatize it or or add or try to add more that needed to be done. And then and as you as you said, that's what Vin Scully did. I, I try to think about what would happen now with that Kirk Gibson home run where he comes off the bench, can barely walk up to the plate, nails it into right field there'd be guys trying to speak over it and not allow the crowd to, to tell you what was happening at Chavez ravine at Dodger stadium. And that huge moment. You're right. I mean, he was, he really was remarkable, just a remarkable person. I mean, he knew Jackie Robinson for the love of God. I mean, come on. He, he started doing baseball games before there was TV. Oh my God. You're right. He did. And then, oh, let me bring this up too, though, because nobody realizes this. My old professor was a guy by the name of Tom Hedrick. He was out at the uh, University of Kansas. He did uh, ESPN back in the 80s when they started doing baseball coverage. He did play-by-play. He did, you know, Kansas City Chiefs, Royals, KU stuff. And he said one thing to me. He goes, I hate one person in in this business. And I said, who's that? He goes, Al Michaels. I said, why? He goes, Al Michaels took a job, and he's the only son of a bitch he didn't say, call him a son of a bitch. He's the only SOB that ever mimicked Vin Scully and made a career out of it. And I want you, I want you to hear this, man. You go back to some of these games. Yeah. If you watch the end of some Vin Scully calls, and then you go back and listen to Al Michaels. Al Michaels does exactly what Vin Scully does, but he did it so well that he made his own great career out of it. Well, and, and, and Al Michaels keeps it simple he doesn't do i i, I mean anyway I, vince gully is remarkable i i could tell stories about him forever i mean the fact that he called games with jackie robinson i mean he was doing dodger games when they were still in brooklyn i mean that's insane yeah he i mean just i, I can't imagine the stories that he could tell and in the life that he led and as you said he was such an amazing guy that, I mean, I think that's what makes it makes it so so special is you felt like you were talking to a friend when you watched Dodger games or when you watched him do MLB games for NBC in the 80s. You felt like you were with your dad or with a buddy or with just, just some guy. It wasn't Ben Scully. And I think that's what makes a, a great broadcaster a great broadcaster. And I think that's what makes writing, what makes writers great writers is they make you feel a part of it. He's one of the greatest. I mean, he was bigger. I will, I'll, I'll leave it with this. He's bigger than any player that is playing today. Absolutely. I mean, it's not even close. 
but it's not even close. He's the yeah, he's bigger than any player playing, including Otani, including Mike Trout, including Aaron Judge. Vince yeah. Scully's bigger than all of it. All of it. Agreed. It's amazing to say that because he wasn't just a, a broadcaster. He was an ambassador for baseball. Uh, speaking of baseball, your favorite team, the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> uh, 29 teams made moves yesterday at the deadline. The one team that didn't was the team that was just too good. They didn't need to improve themselves, Ian St. Clair. The Colorado Rockies. Wow. And, and what makes it even worse, and I, I believe it was the fan that brought this up, they had a pizza party. For the front office. What? Yeah. They had a pizza party for the front office. How out of touch is this organization? How out of touch is Dick Montfort? I have been railing on this guy for 15 years and nothing has changed. It's the same crap. The only difference is you have a different guy trying to tell you it's raining, but they're peeing on your shoes, which is Bill Schmidt. We had Dan O'Dowd who we, I thought Dan O'Dowd was an idiot. Now we get Bill Schmidt, and I just, I, I, there needs to be some sort of movement to force the Montforts to sell the Rockies because yeah, until that happens, nothing will change. He does not care about winning baseball. He cares about saving something for his kids. That's what this is about. That's what McGregor Square is about. That's what the rooftop bar is about. It's about having something for his kids to take over. It has nothing to do about baseball. He does not care about the product on the field. He does not care about winning. He needs to sell this baseball team and get somebody in place who actually wants to put a product on the field that fans can be proud of. But he doesn't need to. He gets 40,000 people at Coors Field every single night who don't watch baseball. And what? And this is what really drives me crazy. Do the wave. I I, I mean, I, I just, I, I, it's really, I, I mean, it's not even Wrigley Field West anymore because the, at least the Cubs won a World Series. The Rockies are an embarrassment. They are an yeah. absolute embarrassment. So, uh, since you're all fired up right now, let me bring you back down to earth, okay? <laughs> Matt Humans is a guy that works for VEASAN, for the mothership. One of the guys I actually did not meet in person when I was out there. But he always comes out with his top five fast food rankings. He always. He's been doing it for four years. You and I discussed we are not fast food people, okay? No. I will eat um, Culver's frozen yogurt or frozen custard because I think custard is so much better than ice cream and ice cream is my favorite food, but I think, I, th I think the custard's better. You're shaking your head saying yes. Um, so I would say Freddy's is there. Yeah. My favorite I love just, concretes Their Their concretes are amazing. Oh, they're the best. That's what I do. I get, I get the chocolate. I get the hot fudge. I throw some brownie in there. It's delicious. Okay. So I won't eat anything else. If their fries are fine, but again, this is like just a couple of times a year thing, but Freddy's I'll eat because I eat a lot of custard. From top to bottom, I think the best burger, shake, fries would be Shake Shack. It is a bit expensive. Uh, where are you going when you're eating your fast food? I I, I like In-N-Out. I, I like their burgers. I, I I really like Burger King. I I'm a simple guy. I really like Burger King burger. I'll have the frame wow. the flame broiled. Arby's. I, I I will tend to go Arby's. I love the beef and cheddar. So that's not a burger per se, but 
I love the beef and cheddar. Uh, Shake Shack is great. Um, Wendy's is all right. I mean, I, I, I like Freddy's. I, I really do like Freddy's. Freddy, their their steak burgers are really good. It's a little too much for me. Like once I eat that, the like the grease comes out of my pores. I have to take a shower. I get pimples. <laughs> you know, I'm like I'm 14 if I start eating that stuff. Chick Fil A overrated. Agreed with that. Portillo's was number one. I will say this: ever... in terms of, of in terms of chicken, Zaxby's. We went to one in South Carolina. Very good. Like the chicken was so juicy and flavorful. Much better than Chick Fil A. Hmm. Much better than Chick Fil A, you say? Much better than Chick Fil A. Portillo's was number one. I don't think many people at unless you've been to Chicago. It's a Chicago base place but i think they opened one up in los angeles or something like that they're no more for their hot dogs but they do have the greatest uh, chocolate milkshakes out there and then they had freddy's and they had culver's and culver's just isn't my style i don't, I don't like culver's the, the culver's burgers are actually kind of rich they're what kind of rich they're burgers yeah what does that mean kind of kind of heavy like yeah and, they're heavy so i i mean they're good but you feel like you have a a a bowling ball in your gut after you eat a Culver's <laughs> burger. And the one that the one that isn't mentioned, and I I'll eat there once a year is McDonald's. I can't do it. I I can't do it. There's nothing on the menu that interests me. Like their fries are okay. You know what? They're fries. Yes. That would be about it. And they're not even the best fries. I can't I can't do it, man. McDonald's is you actually eat that stuff once a year. That's all I'll do it. What do you get once a year? Usually the double quarter pounder and maybe a, and or a Big Mac. Is a double quarter pounder a half pound? I think so. Yeah. Why don't they just call it a half pounder? The Royale with cheese. Yeah. <laughs> and on that, we will leave it with that. Ian St. Clair, plug Play Colorado, please. PlayColorado.com is the home for news analysis opinion features anything and everything on sports betting online casino lottery retail casinos up in blackhawk central city cripple creek with the aim to make you a safer and smarter better all right my friend you take care of yourself thank you so much for hopping on the program again thanks everybody for listening and my producer steven young what a wonderful job he has done i'll be back tomorrow we'll have more broncos talk um, sorry, Rockies. Sorry I had to be so harsh on you, but you absolutely deserved it. And that's about it. For Ian St. Clair, I'm Holden. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. That'd be wonderful. And thanks for checking out the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers.